Get ready to shake things up with pineapple, coconut, and tango with mango lemonade, the two newest flavors of Rockstar Recovery from Rockstar Energy. These flavors are coming to you just in time to recover from the end of summer. But if that isn't enough, Rockstar Energy is giving five lucky people the chance to win $1,000 to fund their hustles. That's one grand in your pocket for any project you want. So recover like a rockstar, hustle like a rockstar, and visit rockstarhustle5.com for your chance to win. That's rockstarhustle5.com. See website for official rules and details. The Nerdgast on Talk podcast is brought to you by Spaces Philly. If you love podcasts, go to spacesphilly.com where you can check out Lulu and Pop, Both Sides, Turntables, Jump Thoughts, Silver Tongue, and the Nerd Coalition's very own No Gimmicks Needed. Visit spacesphilly.com today. And now, feel the Nerdgasm. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm waiting for this to load up because, you know, I do the backup record just in case what happened last week happens. Yeah, no, I, that, I was testing mine too. I'm looking at it. It okay. definitely says record. Okay, I just want to make sure. I, I, I was, I was going to do so, a test before we start, start. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just so glad that we're doing, <sighs> you know, I do the prior recordings because they got to be like, cool, it's always good to have a backup plan. All right, you ready? Yes. Yeah. All right, three, two, one. And welcome back to the Nerdgasm Talk Podcast. I am your host, Swag on Zero, and we are in the building with the man with the plan. If you need him, Yoshazam, Mr. A&E. Whew, even I can't help. <laughs> and we got Lady Sketch in the building. How you doing? What's going on, everybody? I haven't heard your voice in a while. It's nice to hear it. Well, thank you. So, uh, we have a, uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I see you trip over them lines. I, I, I legit saw you fall. <laughs> yeah, man, everyone's falling. Everyone's falling today. Well, today alone, uh, from the time recording this. But it's okay. I can get back up because ah, my knee's hurting a little bit, but it's okay. Let me, let me pay this hospital bill off real quick. You could go to spacesphilly.com where you could check out all the other podcasts, just as late, such as Lady Sketches, Turntables, Hip Hop Coach, and Beyond, and Mr. A and E's very own No Gimmicks Needed. Yep, that's where you can find all those great podcasts. But if you ain't got you, you you don't know where else to go. You can't find no Spaces Philly. Go to therealnerdcoalition.com. Not only can you find the podcast there, you can also find our t-shirts to keep yourself cool in the summertime. We ain't got tank tops, but we got that stylish retro logo, Nergasm, oh God, Nerd Coalition retro logo, as well as the um, the Shazam logo. Gosh, I can't think of it. I'm all jumbled up right now. Um, okay, man. You're hurt. And the No Gimmicks Needed logo as well. So you make sure you check that all, all out on the website. Uh, do we have any more bills to pay while we're here? Uh, we, we we got a Marvel check, but I'm not going to use that one because they try to they try to pay me to shut up. I, I, don't, I don't think that's a check. That That's more like a you owe us. Uh, <laughs> Anthony Mackie kind of messed us up on that. So, <laughs> so uh, since we're talking about that, we got Anthony Mackie versus Marvel. We got Whedon versus Justice League. <laughs> we got the prices of games going up. And then we got a lot more on a serious note uh, towards the end of the podcast. But first, let's talk about Anthony Mackie versus Marvel. Anthony mm. Mackie was accusing Marvel for their diversity in um, in Marvel. Which, honestly, I I can't get mad at him for that. I cannot get mad at him. That. Let me bring up the quote. I thought I had this up. My apologies. 
he was saying there was a such a lack in diversity when it comes to Marvel films. Um, says we had we have the power and ability uh, to add those in question. It really bothers me that I've done seen seven Marvel films now. Every producer, every director, every stunt person, every costume designer, every PA, every single person has been white. Not one producer, Nate Moore. We only have one producer, Nate Moore, who's black. And people are like, what about Black Panther? He said, well, that's just brings, you know, that's just more racist than anything because if you can only hire black people, for the black movie, you're saying we're not good enough to cast for the mostly white movies. And I can't believe I'm saying this. I agree with Clarence. <laughs> mm. I was like, what are you about to say? <clears throat> I agree with Clarence there. He had, he, when I first, when you told me about this, I was like, what in the world did he say now? Mm. And then I read, I was like, you know what? I can't get mad at him for that. He's exactly right, especially with the point of Black Panther, because I never, I didn't even viewed it like that. Yeah, I think we all—it was meant to pull the wool over our eyes. Because I think we assumed that it was like, oh, well, they um, hired all these black people for Black Panther, so it it, it was kind of like, oh, I guess they're hiring black people for other stuff too. Yeah, it was more like a. I'm sorry. What was that? I was going to say, I don't think that's the case. I think that what happened was Ryan Coogler probably went out and picked these people himself. That's, because, yeah. Yep. And he, so he had his production theme because there was a black director. There were black and other people of color who were working on the set. But when you had, if that is the way it works for everybody, then does that mean that everybody else is just hiring you know who they usually hire, and not being diverse, right? And that that's that really brings up the question: like, uh, if we not even a question, but the realization that we were just blind for the fact that Black Panther was just a mostly black cast, that we even look for the fact that we didn't have our uh, representation in the other fields. I I won't say blind. I'm not going to say blind. Mm-hmm. And I'm, the reason why I'm not going to stay blind is because I agree with everything he's saying. Mm-hmm. There's, and unfortunately, until the end of time, or especially in our time, I hope it's better in my kids' time, but in our time, there's going to be that, that stepping point period. Mm-hmm. Okay? And there's going to be these little small victories that we have to take. Because, look, we've been, you know, this has been a problem for so long, right? And usually when somebody's so fed up with the problem being so long, they want everything now. And trust me, I want everything now. Mm-hmm. Before, Like I said, before Black Panther came out, all we had was Meteor Man and Steel. We didn't have anything like that. We didn't have, you know, a movie where it was, you know, all of us and all black cast in a more positive light where kings and queens and where we're superheroes and you know say we're not thugs and gangsters are killing each other you know stuff like that so we, we had a positive outlook it was backed by a huge mega corporation in disney and with that said we saw that and it made a shit ton of money you know it made a shit ton of money and actually it actually um, it kind of helped the oscar so white hashtag to get going so we can make certain changes in the Academy Awards. Now, once again, you have to bring light to that situation. So I, I believe Black Panther did bring light to it. But now, since that light has, since that's two years ago, 
now we're in 2020. It's like, okay, now we see directors that's out here taking more chances on black stories and they're being successful, such as Watchmen, such as Black Lightning, mm-hmm. such as all these TV shows and movies that, uh, that are coming out. They're like, we're, we're going to try this. We're going to try to. We got Disney got a whole black Pixar movie coming out in November mm-hmm. in Seoul with Jamie Foxx. And, I'm, and they, they've been doing teasers. So, so there, we, okay, we got the, we can sell black faces on the screen. But now you have to get to the root of the issue mm-hmm. with anything. Okay. What is like, okay, now we, we, we see that, that y'all don't mind making money off us. So now we got to get to the root of the problem. So now, since that's about the way, anybody say blind, like, hey, we're going we gonna to give them this so they can shut up. That's what, you know, certain other things are. I feel as so though Black Panther was a, a huge success, more than just a gimme. Now they have to go to the roots. And now when Anthony make a saying, it's like, okay, why can't we hire. Ruthie Carter to do costume design for a Captain America movie, mm-hmm. or you know, or why can't we hire Ryan Coogler? I'm, I'm just saying names, stuff like that, uh, to direct an Iron Man movie. You know, say, oh, what? Why is it that? Because I think sometimes in Hollywood, you know, uh, they feel as though that okay, if we do, if we go all black, it, it's it's that way. It's not. No, it's not about. Just because it's, it's the black thing, we all want to be caught up in the black thing, and everybody want to be Wakanda forever. It's that we want just to be able to do those roles and do what we're good at too. Just because I'm not a good director of black movies, I'm a good director. Period. Right. Look, look at me as such. I'm not a good writer for black movies. I'm just a good writer. Look at me as such. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think when he says that, it's like, okay, we're doing the Winter Soldier show. We're doing all this other show. And I've been, I've been at seven. Marvel movie. So the man got clout to talk. Right. You know, so he, he, he's, he's been well versed in this universe and it's like, okay, well, there's no representation of me behind the scenes. And I, I think, you know, more people in Hollywood, you know, should probably step up and, and announce that. Now, I'm not sitting there saying that, hey, you know, well, we're we going to have, you know, the Cleveland voice actor drop out because all of a sudden now it should be played by a black actor. I'm like, Cleveland's already dead and done already. So, I mean... I mean he's not dead. No, okay, well, I, what I mean by that, to, to the point is, I, you, you change the voice of Cleveland. First, it ain't like Cleveland go put more money in my pocket. I don't really care about yeah. Cleveland anymore. Cleveland's been the same for the past 20 years. His, his spinoff is already dead and gone. Now, that is dead and gone. Yeah. His spinoff is gone, but... You know what I'm saying? It, it's, uh, you know, it, that's the I don't care about. But, you know, that's what needs to be, you know, shed some light to. I would love... To see, you know, if you if you have a if you have a good black director, say if uh, F. Gary Gray gets signed, you know, gets signed on to do Avengers Five, it's already shown that he can do good action movies. Mm-hmm. You see, Furious Eight or uh, or Fast Eight, whatever whatever they call. Yeah. And, but and then not only with the action movies, you see, he's a good storyteller. You see, straight out of Compton. So you know he has the he has these things where I can go either way, and give you guys a decent movie if y'all don't want to say okay, well let's do the Russo brothers or let's do you know Josh Wheaton again. We 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 can sit there we can bring in other kinds of you know black directors you know to to do the job. Now I'm not sitting there saying that you, you we already know Tyler Perry and Spike Lee are not doing an Avengers movie. Yeah, neither, um, neither do I want them to. I, but, yeah, I was gonna say I don't want them to. <laughs> but I think that. 
you don't want something to happen where it's like it's an Ava DuVernay situation where they clearly bull her in because Ryan Coogler was doing something and then the whole thing just falls apart because it's a mess. Mm-hmm. You're talking for what movie? What, was that, the, is that a DC movie she's doing? Was it, um... Supposedly. It, it was New God she was supposed to do, but we don't know what's happening with that. Because they, they kind of signed her in because they saw the success of Ryan Coogler. Yeah, it was like it wasn't like oh well. It was pandering it was pretty much. Being like yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, I kind of just feel like I've heard this from other, um, from like stories from other black actors and things like that, where they're like, "There's nobody behind the scenes that looks like me," and the people's excuse is, "Oh well, you know, there's no." good stories to like nobody can make the good story and like no we make perfectly good fine stories but y'all don't know because you don't hire people y'all not giving nobody a chance like uh Eve's Bayou for example Casey Clemens when she did that movie it was a, a huge surprise that she could do the movie and everybody was looking like oh I, I, I can't understand. I don't understand how she did this and it pulled this off and it's so great and it's like because Y'all haven't been giving black women a chance to tell these stories. Mm-hmm. And so nobody knows that they have this talent. Like, there are more studios coming and um, requesting, like, black screenwriters and, you know, producers and things like that. And they're like, it's not a shortage because they were trying to frame it like it was a shortage of people to choose from. When in actuality, there isn't a shortage. You just keep using the same people over and over again. And just like everything else, there's nepotism. Right. So if I know somebody who's a friend of a friend and like, oh, they're trying to, you know, get their career off the ground. Why don't you hire them as a a PA or, you know, something like that? Whatever the case is. How do you take advantage, quote unquote, of nepotism if there's nobody there to help you? You know, you just like any other job, some jobs you only get because you know somebody. Right. And it's whether they want to say that or not, that's the truth. And it's no different in Hollywood. You know, some of these people who have won Oscars now, like Ruthie Carter, or people who have worked on a multi million dollar movie, um, and or the the guy who did the score for Black Panther. Who knows if they would have got a shot at an Oscar or at working at the, on that big of a production if it hadn't been for Ryan Coogler saying, I want this person or I want this person because I know they do good work. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're actually right about that. Yeah, I, and, I agree. And once again, you know, that also comes to like Jordan Peele mm-hmm. and coming in, in the right horror and you, you're like, oh, wait a minute. I know this black man can write horror that well. Like, or, yeah. or do or do or do a good job of that, but once again, if people aren't given certain chances to, to perform certain things, then you know, say that's where our problem lies at. That's where our, our diversity problems lie. Lies at when we out here fighting. It's, it's for a chance. It's like okay. I mean, once again, I'm not going to take away the victory of our story or being or our movies being on the big screen, especially when we never had that. Before. There are these different victories that in different generations, different things that we have to take. When Meteor Man came out 
in like 93, 94, 95, that was a victory then. Right. Yeah. I mean, but but looking back on it now, it's just like, uh, but you know, but back then, you know, it was a victory then. And then hopefully, you know, five years down the line, 10 years down the line, that we, we can see a movie like, say, if they, they do a Halloween directed by Jordan Peele. I like to see a version of Halloween directed by Jordan. I like to see his, his vision of Halloween. Oh, you know, Rob Zombie can do it, damn it. Rob Zombie killed it, but then, and I don't mean that in a good way. Okay, that's what I said. I, if Rob, if Rob Zombie can do it, then damn it, Jordan Peele. Oh, what if Ava DuVernay does a Star Wars movie? Right. You know, say those those, those different kind of diversities and directors and you know uh, screenwriters stuff like that. They say, hey, let's give our take. Oh, because the way I look at it now, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, you should look at it that way. But I'm, I'm but to, to, to the point where it's like. They got the amount of talent to make you some money. Right. Honestly, it's like, it don't even have to be that it's our take. The problem is that the way things have been set up thus far is if you attach somebody of color to it, it automatically becomes that color, quote unquote, movie. If we do a movie, it's a regular movie that anybody could have played, like us. Anybody could have been us. Those characters, Jordan Peele said himself, could have been anybody. I didn't write these characters around the fact that they were black. They were written to be these characters, and I cast black people. Because y'all don't see us as people. We're characters. So it's like you have you attach somebody black to it, and people automatically want to write it off as a black, quote-unquote, movie. Right. When it's just a movie. Mm. It's exhausting. It's just like, bro... We have different facets to our life, just like anybody else. And I know somebody's probably like, oh, yeah, whatever. Sure, you can be tired of hearing it, hearing it if you want, but it doesn't make it any less true. We have had to create our own opportunities. Like Robert Townsend is not a bad director in any sense of the word, but Robert Townsend had to go out and make his own movies. So that he had an outlet to create. Who was calling him to to direct stuff? Mm-hmm. It's just I don't know. I I think it's good that he said something because a lot of times stuff just does not get said. This is swept under the rug, and we just keep moving on with stuff. And that's why a lot of people are upset right now because people shaking the table. Mm-hmm. You know they're um, coming in and trying to make change and it seems like it's all at once when in reality we've been dealing with this for a long time this is not new to us being being uh stuffed in the in the corner or oppressed or whatever you uh however you want to phrase it is not a new thing it's just y'all just now hearing about it we and people are speaking up about it people of who have a platform are speaking up about it because it's not like it's never been spoken up before Right. So, I mean, I hope that something good comes of this where people actually sit back and like, all right, well, maybe we should just, um, we should hire people who is not just, you know, somebody's cousin or nephew or, mm. you know, well, it's like people this. who are qualified for the job. It that, that, That's another big thing also. It's like, you got you want to probably you want to bring more diversity in, mm-hmm. but you also want to look like you're pandering. Yeah, 
because you're true. going to have that double-edged sword also to the point where it's like, okay, hey, we can, it, when they decide to do Fantastic Four again, right? Mm-hmm. In my opinion, don't bring in Tim Story. He had his chance, no, well, and he and, and, and then it, it was not good. But you know what I'm saying? But if there's another qualified director mm-hmm. for that, uh, for that, that you know, give it to that director. It should be based on race, creed, religion, or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But it's like if they say, "Hey, well, we're going to have Tim Story take another shot at Fantastic Four. I'm like, "See, to me, that's pandering." I'm like, "Why do that? Because I don't want to see Tim Story do that again." I'm not saying he's a bad director; he's just bad for that movie. Mm-hmm. I just want uh, I, I want people to get their their fair shake because you got to start somewhere. You can't, you know. You can't say, oh, I, I, you know, well, we don't know what's going on. Because Ryan Coogler before this had done, what, Fruitville Station and Creed. Creed. And it's like, okay, cool, but can he do a big blockbuster, like, Marvel-type movie? Yes, but that's because somebody gave him a chance to do it. Mm-hmm. So you just got, sometimes you got to give people the chance. From what I heard, I... Th- I think Ava was originally to do, uh, originally supposed to do Black Panther, but then she yeah. recommended Ryan Coogler. Mm-hmm. Well, she, of course, I'm guessing about what I heard. She recommended Ryan Coogler because there's a lot of things that, that, that she wanted in the film mm-hmm. that was not going to because remember you're dealing with a cinematic universe here. Yeah, that right. wasn't going to be cohesive with what they're what they want to do for the story, for the story. So she she, she decided to bring in Ryan Coogler. And Ryan Cougar did it his way. If Black Panther had looked like a wrinkle in time, I think we would have been upset. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> wrinkle in time was not good, unfortunately. And see, wrinkle, wrinkle in time was a, a diverse movie, also. It was dumb. But it, it, was a good it just one. wasn't <laughs> a good movie. Yeah. That was yeah. a pretty bad movie. Yeah. I mean, directing yeah. wise, I thought everything was visually great, but that that script was uh, pretty bad. <laughs> it, it, it it was kind of bad, but yeah. uh I agree with a more more diversity behind the scenes as well, and I'm I'm hoping this can. First of all, it, I said some playing podcast people that people this is gonna be the year to change the world. When I say that, I don't mean when 2021 comes, the world has changed. That's no, not how it works. I would say this is the decade. I'm saying, no, well, I, I'm just saying because this it, in every generation is always that one thing that happens. It calls the snowball effect. When the snowball effect goes down the hill and it picks up and turns to an avalanche, that's what I'm talking about. That this is going to platform into other things for the future. Right. And I mean, so hopefully by when my son is in high school, he can see a different change. It's not all going to be changed. It's not all going to happen overnight, but hopefully he has a different change when he's in high school than when I was in high school compared to like... When my parents were in high school, they were like, I want my kids, which is me, to have a better high school experience than I did. And we did. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure our grandparents, same thing. Because they had the worst. You know what I'm saying? So each generation fights for it to be a little bit better for the next generation. Mm-hmm. And I think this is going to be the part that helps the generation out. You know, when kind of like, like when my daughter's in high school, my son's in high school, that it'll be different to the point where they look at some of the things that we had to deal with or go through or just in general and, and that that's, that's non-existent to them. Yeah. Because there's, there's certain things I did in high school that was non-existent to me. You know? Right. I never had I, I never had to 
you know, take walk to school because the school bus won't pick me up because I'm black. You should... Or have garbage thrown at me while I walked into school because nobody wanted to integrate. Exactly. Or I had to set our server. See, we, we didn't have to go through that because of what they did, but they did when they was in school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully, you know, th- this will be that year that helps start that effect and change. That's what I mean. Right. And I, I agree. I just don't, it's not going to take no one year. <laughs> That's why I feel like it's, it's definitely going to, I feel like this decade without, and if this year said anything so far is to speak up. Yeah. If it said anything, it said to speak up. Yeah, yeah. That's what we've been doing so far. Uh, on to the next topic. I have no segue. I, 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 was to, I was trying to think of one. Just put uh, it in there. You didn't have to tell us. So speaking of speaking up, um, <laughs> Ray Fisher is speaking up about his um, work with Josh Whedon. When uh, when it become when it comes to, gosh, what is wrong with me today? When it comes to Justice League, he said the routine they had was completely disgusting. Oh, uh, saying, uh, let me pull up the exact quote. I, I had this quote up. Well, I, why you pull that up? I'm gonna ask uh, Mr. Any a question. Now, is he the director who was on Wonder Woman that made Gal Gadot? Be like, I'm not working with him no more, something like that. No, who no. was that? God, I, I gotta look at that. I don't I mean, I know. know. I know you talked about, but that's not the same director. I'm Josh Whedon is the one who did the first. He did Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and he did the okay, first two yeah. Avengers movies. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. He did the. I mean, I know the name. I'm just, I, I just, I'm blanking on who was the person who was causing all the problems and had to fire. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't even know about that. That was a while ago. That was a while ago, because, yeah, because they, they had to get him out. I forgot what his name was. Was I, it the Bryan Singer? No, that's X-Men. Was it during mm-hmm. the, um... Bryan Singer Wonder Woman? I, mean, I, think, um, I, I don't remember who it was. Don't don't, don't get sidetracked because of me. Okay. I just was asking why you look at your book. But go ahead. No, no, some problem. Uh, so, uh, Ray Fisher tweeted out, Josh Whedon on set treatment of the cast and crew of Justice League was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable. He was an innate. He was enabled in many ways by Jeff Johns and and John Birds. Accountability over entertainment, and he also said he retracts the statement where he said um, Josh Whedon was a good person to come in and clean up and finish uh, the job for him when he said that in the live interview in Comic Con. Now, I'm actually looking at the result of the movie. I'm not surprised that every anyone felt like that because it definitely showed that things were a mess. And things had to get wrapped up quickly for uh, that for that movie I, to even come out. Well, I agree. You know, you can see it when it's when it's a, when it's trash right. <laughs> going on and it and spills you, out. And I feel like you could tell all over Ray Fisher's face that he did not care, and this could have <laughs> been the result of that. Yeah, it, because once again, I, when you're at Comic Con, you, you're not going to you can't trash be anybody. Like <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you know what I'm saying. And right like at, the, at the time, because first of all, when that announcement happened, Josh Whedon got the two Avengers movies under his belt. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he, he's 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 the golden goose right now, the savior for this Justice League movie. Right. Yeah. And if the situation is is really terrible, see, right now, I really believe that things are happening because Warner Brothers and HBO. Have approved the Zack Snyder cut. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Okay. Which is saying we got faith in Zack Snyder again. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. With that being said, it's like, okay, so now since y'all got faith in Zack Snyder again, let me tell y'all who y'all shouldn't have faith in in the first place. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think that's what he's doing is coming out and, and, and saying how the conditions were. And besides Ray Fisher, nobody really knew who Ray Fisher was other than doing a couple of Broadway stuff mm-hmm. in his acting thing. So it, once again, it's status. If, right. I, if I'm a struggling actor out here trying to find some money to feed my family, you know I'm not gonna say nothing that's gonna try to get me fired. Right? Yeah, you got You're in the you're in a cinematic project that could last you years. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna yeah. say something wrong in front of everybody. One, that's bad press as well. Two, everyone was already hating Zack Snyder at that time. So saying something bad about Josh Whedon would have just that that would have snowballed this movie as a whole. It would have, and of course. When you got to come back and do all these reshoots and we got to come back and, and do all these things that was not pertaining to who your character was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. We, we did we did uh, the, the Zack Snyder version. That can be, that can be frust- uh, frustrating and to the point where it's basically you're trying to make it, a, make it an Avengers movie. Yeah. And then once again, when you get the suits involved and all that other stuff like that, it does not help the case at all. So if Josh Whedon was really, you know, uh, doing all that stuff, then it's not a good, definitely not a good look for Josh Whedon. Definitely not a good look for Jeff Johns neither, because once again, we talked about this before, when things happen, and you may not agree with what's happening, but when you sit back and don't say nothing, you are just just as bad as somebody, uh, for, for the person that is doing it. You're just as bad. And you know me, I'm a Jeff Johns guy. Jeff right. Johns is a brilliant writer for DC Comics. But if, you know, uh if he's if he's coming in there and uh he's an enabler, then we have a problem. Right. Why would you want to let somebody treat your talent like this in the first place so that they don't want to come back? I don't now, understand. I'm not sure if like all the blame is on Jeff Johns because he did get thrown into this position out of nowhere. As head of uh, the DCEU, yeah, they were trying to make him Kevin Foggy quickly, and you can't do that, right? And like it was more of a thing where he just didn't say anything, because that, that's a lot. A lot of times that that's that, like we just said, silence is compliant. That to a, after a certain point, he could just not said anything, and that is seen as right, yeah, enabling. Yeah, so it, it was it was a snow once again a snowball effect of him saying something, then the next day saying something now. I would have liked maybe if him, you know, him going in an interview. I, I, I me personally, it's the, the whole social media thing, mm-hmm. like coming out and, and this, 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 and I'm like, well, I mean, that that is some of the good social media. You get to find certain things and stuff like that. I thought he was in doing an interview with something about the, the Snyder Cut or something, and he, he came put out. This out on his like Twitter account. Yeah, yeah. he, he okay. put it out himself. Okay. So, so that, he was just sitting in the house one day, like, bruh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's exactly Honestly, what yeah. happened. That that's how Twitter is. <laughs> I mean, that that is really what goes on with Twitter. That's why I just I could never really get down with it because you could really just be up at three in the morning thinking the most randomest shit, and you didn't put it out there in the universe, and now you can't take it. Now back. I'm not going to because because <laughs> now this ain't the first time. There's been news about Josh. Oh no, I'm not saying him. I'm just oh, yeah. saying Twitter. Yeah. That's just the the makeup. Of Twitter. A, yeah, like J- Josh Whedon has has had 
Could please come up about here before? Okay. I don't know all those complaints mm-hmm. to to speak about it here on the podcast. Of you know, I'm not gonna put words in his mouth or what he said or what he has possibly done. Mm-hmm. But I have heard the stuff about being hard to work with. I have heard the stuff about him being kind of abusive on sets and stuff like that also from other accusations that have been made. Honestly, the, that's from the, that's from the, the studio now. If yeah. you're being honest, if you have complaints of people being hard to work with, because this sounds like a a good old boys club or a boys will be boys type of situation where, yeah, people have been complaining, but I mean, it's fine. They'd be all right kind of thing. If you heard these accusations before and you chose to hire him anyway, whose fault is that? We really about to like when when this Snyder cut comes out and just just because first of all, it's going to be good regardless. I'm gonna tell you why that. Okay. Because everybody's on the Zack Snyder train now anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Me and Swag on Zero was riding for B- BVS before anybody else got back on that train. Just saying. And I'm actually I'm actually going to put Swag on Zero ahead of me for riding that train even longer. Okay, because we 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 watched Ultimate Edition together. That's what started the movie experience. Just putting that out there. Okay, I don't, I don't remember that, but <laughs> I didn't even remember that. Wow, I, I, oh, I, man, he hurt his feelings. Uh, well, he does it often. Oh, so, so. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, you, I, I can't. I don't. I don't remember that being the start of the movie experience. If you look, if if, if you look on the playlist, right? Because mm-hmm. you came over and said, "Look, I got it digitally," and I never, you know, I'm not a digital guy. I'm a physical guy. Right. But we watched the whole three hours over in the, the original office at the house, and I said, "Yo, we got to review this." It was three hours plus because we was laughing at Amy Adams. <laughs> exactly. We came uh, I, I said, "I said we need to do." A review on this. If you look on the movie experience place, that's the first one. Oh wow, fancy! That's the first. That's what the I, I said. You know. The more I said, that, I, I said I want to do a, a review, and I, on top of that, everybody was talking so much shit about it in the first place. And I said, now, now, granted, once again, we did movie reviews before that. Yeah, but it wasn't the experience. Said, but but we never called it the movie experience. Mm-hmm. That's what that that asked for the birth of that section of it was. Okay. Gotcha. But you can go on. Oh no, I, you you was on the train. I I was gonna like because what I think is um crap. I just lost it. Oh. <laughs> but no, I I I hope I I do hope this movie is good. Now there are still the Zack Snyder hider, uh, haters out there that still won't forgive him for Man of Steel uh, and BVS. Because and even with I did not hate Man of Steel. People really I, hated Man. Of I Steel. really enjoyed Man of Steel. That that's my favorite Super uh, Man movie. Man because you know Superman killed somebody. That's still? my favorite live action Superman film. Um, but no, we ain't got much to go off. <laughs> now I feel like everyone jumps that Zack Snyder train, and then once they see the movie, they hop off. It's it's a weird thing, like uh, how when the first trailer uh, BVS came out, everyone was excited. Every uh, when the first trailer Justice League came out, everyone was excited. Then they saw the movie, or they waited more time, or they waited for the next trailer, and then they started bashing Zack Snyder. So it it the train is weird. 
It's not an express because it does take a couple stops, but the stops it takes is in a bad neighborhood. Oh, okay. I mean, I was going to say people are just fickle. They like to jump on bandwagons. Yeah, that, that's true. That, that's true. Uh, any last words on that? I, I want to see the story be played out more because obviously we haven't heard from Whedon. We haven't heard from Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm curious to see what's going to take place after, you know, everything. I feel like they're going to try to be like, well, he's too small for us to respond at this moment. And once I feel like once the Zack uh, the Snyder Cut comes out, then this will revive a lot more. Because when I saw the clip of him at Comic-Con, Jason Momoa was sitting right next to him. He kind of had the same reaction. He was, like, not looking up. He was just looking down the whole time. Like, yeah, he he, he wasn't the best. And then you saw <laughs> Ray Fisher's face. He was like, I got to suck it up and just say this because of the press. <laughs> but, like, uh-huh. those emotions says it. But when the Zack Snyder comes out, I feel like when they get, like, the good press, then they're like, yes, working with Zack Snyder was better than Josh Whedon because da na 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 That's why I feel like what happened. Uh-huh. Uh, right. One of the things that uh, people are not happy with, Harry Potter. A lot of people aren't happy with Harry Potter at the moment. However, What's now? The oh, uh, J.K. Rowling, uh, I don't know the full story. I just heard she was calling out trans and saying <sighs> like stuff like they ain't real people. Oh, and I was bro. like, oh, God. that uh, That's oh, something. Shit. Y'all just be talking. Yeah, I know. Just just get off Twitter. Get off the line. But, but then what are they going to do? <laughs> they, read a book. <laughs> Write a book. <laughs> something. Um, I heard that something happened. She unfollowed Stephen King. That's the only thing I saw recently. I, I tried to look into that. I can't. Like, the, the uh, evidence is it's not enough, like, concrete information to really go off of that. Like, talk about. Right. Well, Stephen King probably said something so proactive and then Stephen King did at the end. You know, <laughs> you know he, yeah. he probably said, Black Lives Matter, and so does my daughters. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's an interesting guy. Yeah, he... Now, side note, what's his obsession with Maine? That should be like a quarantine zone in his books, because... I mean, that might... Is that where he's from? I'm not sure. Because everything be. happens in Maine for some reason. I'm like, I feel like in his world... That should be like a section off state. Okay, all right. So I, I found it. Uh oh. J.K. Rowling walked back praise for Stephen King after her fellow author spoke out against her recent anti transgender comment. Trans women are women, King tweeted Sunday after a fan asked him to address the uh, tweet referencing J.K. Rowling's social media post earlier this month, which many fe- fans, oh my God. I can't read the day either. Many fans deemed transphobic. Earlier that day, King retweeted one of Rollins' posts, which featured a quote about men reacting poorly when women speak out about their experiences. The Harry Potter writer had shared a long thread responding to those who criticized her for revealing that she had been sexually assaulted in the past in a recent blog post defending her stance that trans-inclusive language is hostile and alienating to women. After King's retweet, Rowling sang the shining author's praises, then deleted the post once King clarified where he stood. I've always revered at Stephen King, but today my love reached maybe not any books height levels, but new heights, she wrote in a now deleted tweet. It's so much easier for men to ignore women's concerns or to belittle them, but I won't ever forget the men who stood up when they didn't need to. Thank you, Stephen. 
Less than six months after the writer was slammed for showing support for Maya Forstatter, a researcher who lost her job at a think tank for stating that people cannot change their biological sex, Rowling made a similar stir in criticizing a headline on the website devx.com. The op-ed piece included the phrase people who menstruate in an effort to be more inclusive. I'm sure there were they there used to be a word for those people, Rowling tweeted. Someone help me out. And then she put a bunch of different things about uh, about women, like trying to say women without saying women. So let's see. Uh... Now, what did Stephen King have to do with they? They were just so, asking him his opinion. No, well, they didn't ask him anything. He, she was saying that she was sexually assaulted. And that a lot of men ignore women when they make their comments. And then he retweeted what she said, I guess, in support of her saying, you know, yeah, men do ignore it because they, they guess, don't want to face it or whatever. And then when he when she said thanks or whatever, you know, thanks for standing up, he was like, no, wait a minute, sis. Oh, uh, okay. Say- gotcha. <laughs> I agree with this. I, Not- he's like, listen, <laughs> I it's like intersectionality over here we we are for everybody and then she was like i'm not for everybody so i'm gonna delete this tweet basically what happened okay i thought i thought someone randomly at from the way it sounded it sounded like someone randomly asked him like what's his thoughts on it like like the same way they asked ja rule about 9-11 I was no, like, no, he no, had... now now we now we're going into ridiculous territory that, that's where <laughs> that's where i thought i was like why did they add him in here at first, but no, okay, now I understand. It was more of a thing where, like, he was being supportive of, um, you know, her saying that he was a sexual assault victim, but then when she realized that he doesn't discriminate against people like she does, she decided to delete her tweet. Wow. Yeah. Well. So much fun. Yeah, well, Harry Potter's getting an RPG, so, uh, <laughs> That has been rumored for years and years and years. Um, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan. Uh, Lady Sketch, are you? Herb? I wasn't sure if you were. I used to be. Okay. I, I don't really read them now. I I'm, I was more into the books than the movies. Basically. Okay. Yeah. Now I know a lot of people, not even non Harry Potter fans, were into this. I was interested in it uh, when we saw the leaked footage where you could to create your own character, pick your house. Um, open world adventure, you can literally do what you want with it, and I, I thought it looked amazing. So, we should be getting something next month, I believe, or um, either next month because WB is holding an event. Well, not WB, but uh, DC is holding an event and they're uh, showing most of their WB video game properties. Uh, cross our fingers for the Arkham and um, other WB games, so maybe Lord of the Rings or and they show that Harry Potter. And uh, project, so that's just what's rumored at the moment. Is no no concrete information on it yet. Well, since you asked me, I um not a, I, I was a uh I, I used to act like I liked Harry Potter, but I realized <laughs> I did. Yeah, I remember we were we agreed we was both Lord of the Rings fans. Yes, you are. We we, we did a high all, five, all and uh, you know, <laughs> we did a high five, yeah. and we was happy. Yeah, I I ran my mother to, to the ringer when I tried to, like I was part of Harry Potter, 
And I really wasn't. No, I was excited. I went to the midnight release at Borders. For for Goblet of Fire? Because I did. For, no, for the original books. Borders. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I we, we are old. <laughs> so, you know, I did that, and I went and bought the Harry Potter games on PlayStation from Fungoland. And... Yeah, they uh, you know, it was like the, the simple level platformers. Then they had one on Game Boy Advance, and then I, I think I, I think it hit me when I was like in grade school, like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like this, cool this, this is obviously this is this is obviously like my sister's lane. Let me go over here to uh, Middle Earth and you know feel better about myself. It was that, and that's what happened. <laughs> Say what? That and Narnia was my two jams. Yeah, so and then when Lord of the Rings came out, I was there getting all the toys and everything. You know, from the first series, out there playing with my friend. Did that, did that. You, know, you got all of them. I was like, yeah, because this is where I truly need to be at because <laughs> Harry Potter was does not it for me. And I, I, I don't hate, I, I don't, everybody that's in the Harry Potter, you can go right ahead. You know, everybody talk about what, what class they're in. I'm like, I don't care, but go ahead. Uh, I mean, y- y'all don't act like the class you're supposed to be in part of anyway. Just be honest with you. But, you know, my sister still loves it. That's fine. If they got an RPG coming out, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, it was going to attract me to play it? Probably not, so. I'm more interested in that than Cyberpunk. <laughs> uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> they get mad at me all they want. I don't care. <laughs> Cyberpunk look boring. Um... <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that's pretty much it for that information. Also, a uh, quick note: uh, Disney is doing a Comic Con at Home event on Disney Plus, talking about uh, the future of Disney slash Marvel slash Star Wars and all that. Uh, I believe it's, I think it's towards the end of the month. I think it's July twenty second or something of that nature. Uh, that was oh a, wow! That was a quick. So, I I just remembered that I forgot about. I mean, so so we, we got all that stuff leading up to like. This will be our Comic Con stuff. Yeah, right? every everyone's going, everyone's doing a digital event, which I prefer, honestly. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, it does suck because I don't get to see the cosplayers interact with the people. Yeah, buy that, shit. yeah, yeah I don't mean, you know, I was, stuff. I was looking forward to E3 weekend this year, just to like get all those announcements at once, and then you could just do all your speculation. Especially, I love YouTube during E3 weekend. It's just nothing but yeah. fun. But fortunately, we didn't get that. We had IGN Games was uh, Summer of Games, which was dry. Uh, but I mean, it's it, all right. I, mean, I read some most of it. It it, it wasn't that good. <laughs> I was like, "There's nothing hitting hard here." Um, but yeah, that's uh for all those conventions. Now on to now, The Last of Us is rumored to have a DLC. Well, not rumored, but they are working on a multiplayer event. Uh, not event, gosh, a multiplayer version of the game or uh, playable mode on there. They, the reason why it didn't come out now is because they were so focused on the story and the core mechanics of the gameplay that they wanted to release the um, multiplayer later on, which is actually smart, I personally believe. Uh, do like a um, how GTA did theirs. They put out their full version of the game and then waited a little while to do the multiplayer which is, I think it's a smart way to go, especially with uh, bigger games like that, to concentrate on one aspect, then then work on another aspect to keep the game alive. Now, yeah. Last of Us did bring in a lot of money. It, uh, I believe it, it's the highest, 
I don't have the numbers for the sales. It didn't come up officially yet. But they said this is the highest um, first party game for PlayStation ever. And Ooh. nine times out of ten, the only game that I'll probably type this will be Cyberpunk, unfortunately. But uh, I don't see any. There's, there's probably no other game this generation that's going to top Last of Us and what that does. Um, now this brings up to the uh, brings me to the next topic about the budget of it because it costs a lot of money of this uh, for this game to be made. And when games cost more to be made, they're going to be they're going to cost more to buy. Uh, earlier today, you asked me to uh, check on GameStop to for pre order. On how to pre-order the game. First of all, I want that Kobe edition of uh, 2K. I'm about to just, say, hold on, I, I don't want to just skip over my over yeah. the Mamba. Oh no, no, quick. I was I was gonna I was gonna adjust Mamba because I looked at that. I was like, I need it. I'm not even gonna <laughs> open it. I'm just gonna keep it, and I'm just gonna remember Kobe for it. Yeah, <laughs> like Mamba forever. I was like, you know what? I need it. I, I'm I want to get it for the four and the uh, five. I I just I I feel wrong if I don't. I feel. I, feel wrong. I, I, I think we all do. I feel wrong if I don't. Uh, Kobe will look at me, just say soft. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but um, yeah, you had me looked at. Well, did you have any words on the Kobe edition? Because <laughs> you, you're the more the 2K player. But look, 2K is one of my weaknesses every year. Madden is not. 2K is though. So when I found out that 2K each cover is going to have one of my favorite players on there now, because I was like. Because if Kobe didn't pass away, I knew Vince Carter was going to get that spot because he just retired this year. Uh-huh. But then when, when, when I was literally just, uh, I was on my phone this morning and I see Shaker released a video for the Mamba edition. I said, of what game? <laughs> and first you got to, so I, I'm on checking on 2K20 thinking they got something for my team. And I was like, no, nah, we talking about, because I just did a reaction. Dame Dollar is the, is the, uh, the, the cover star for NBA 2K on the standard edition for PS4. So I was like, well, I'm going to get it because of Dame Dollar. Anyway, I, lo- I love Dame. Mm-hmm. Then when I found out, I was like, wait a minute. They're doing a Mamba edition. Oh, I need that on PS4. But then when I found out that if you get the Mamba edition for PS4, you can get the Zion Williamson cover for PS5 standard edition also. And I'm like, Zion on the cover too? Yeah, I need that. And then that's how I seen the PS5 Mamba 24 edition. I said, why? <laughs> I don't want to pay for four they games. Try to make y'all go broke. But I will because... Like COVID I, and out here snatching checks. You know what I'm saying? So, and uh, I, I'm just like, look, when, when, when stuff like that happens, look, look, I'm sorry. Kobe gets all my money. It's like when Mike died. They get my money. <laughs> and I see that. So I had to go ask, like, yo, how do I pre-order games, especially with this pandemic going on and GameStop is closed? How do I do it? And he had to look it up for me and found out everything. So if you're a basketball head or you just love Kobe, you need to get that mom. Yeah, I, I just I like Kobe. That, <laughs> I don't yeah. care about basketball at all. In fact, two K twenty is free for PS Plus this month. So you mean to tell me now it's free? Oh God, here we go. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> here we go. I, I was I just asked my wife yesterday. I wonder what the July games are going to be for PS Plus. It's um, I forget the interactive. It's one interactive movie, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is great because I never played the second one, which I wanted to uh, the trilogy and two uh, K uh, twenty. 
Of course it is. But okay. I, I just want to go in there with my cousin and just talk trash. Not play. Just talk trash. <laughs> just talk, talk shit. Yeah, yep, I got you. Just, just talk. Now, uh, so the PS5 version of the Mamba Forever has the 24 Kobe, while the PS4 version has the 8 Kobe. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, man. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's two hundred dollars. Right. Yeah, because the, the the price obviously the PS4. What's the price of buying the PS5. Yeah, and it's a launch title, so I was just like, yep, well, there go two games I need to get at launch, yep. which Spider-Man. is Miles Morales, <laughs> and, and this. I'm not even going to play the, this. That's the problem. But it's you know, so I got to put my black people, man. We got Kobe out there, we got Miles Morales out there yep. with a white PS5. I, I, I feel. I feel like they're gonna make a black one. I feel like they're gonna make a black one. <laughs> that's gonna be really hard to keep clean. I'm telling you that right there. <laughs> and there, and I'm sure there's gonna be a special edition of Miles Morales that I'm gonna just be weak and get. Bruh, be passionate. That's how I feel about 2K. Just be passionate <laughs> like, about if it. If I'm gonna you go, I'm gonna go all the way. <laughs> you, you gotta go. Look, we've been through a tough year, and the year ain't over yet. <laughs> we are in the seventh month. We're in the seventh chapter. Yes. Back up to 12, okay? <laughs> so, I, I, you know what? I'm going to treat myself. That second stimulus check might be coming soon. I'm going to treat myself. Don't put your hopes up because the oh, numbers yeah. is down. So, somebody a little upset. So, oh, I'm just saying. We, 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 <laughs> we, we, can, uh, we, we can talk about it off the air. Yeah, he's going to change his mind. But, um... <laughs> So while I was looking for that, I noticed the price of video games are going up to sixty nine ninety nine for the PlayStation Five and the Xbox Series X. Um, I feel like you mentioned this last podcast, um, the pod, not last podcast, but the podcast I wasn't on. I remember uh, Quattro saying he would prefer if video games uh, digitally was sixty dollars, and then if you buy it digitally, it will be forty dollars. Now, uh, if you, I I'm agree sure with him wholeheartedly. Yeah, why? I don't. I never understood that. It's like if I buy physical media, mm-hmm. like say if I go into a store, some mm. non-existent store now, and buy a CD, why does it cost the same amount for this wholly packaged pressed CD that it does on Amazon Music or iTunes or anything else to buy the music? That's what I I, I want to say is it got to be certain fees to do it digitally. But for me, it's Probably. like if it's digitally, to me, that means it's like going straight to the developer and they don't have to do a lot of uh, like groundwork for um, like with the with the disc copy and all that and the manufacturing. Because mm-hmm. GameStop got to get their money somehow. The best way I got to get their money somehow and the best way they can get it is that little bit of the $60. And I feel like PlayStation store and Xbox store is the same unless it's like a, um, like EA origins, I believe something like that. Mm-hmm. Cause I know some PC games, some brand new PC games usually are like $40, which doesn't make sense. But I mean, people who play PC spend like $18,000 on their PC anyway. So yeah, they, they need an easy way out. Um, how do you? I'll, I'll wait to say my piece on it. How do you personally feel about um, video games being hiked up to that price? I mean, I, I knew it was going to be coming because mm-hmm. with the new technology and the new graphics and a new graphics card and a new engine, 
all that's going to obviously cost money because it's extra labor in your work. Right. So I figured that will probably be the case. And it, I mean, because I, I, I remember the $60 era was when PS3 started. Yeah, I remember when games were 50 Yeah, and I was just like, $60? I'm like, yeah, that was my that, whole dog walking check. You know what I'm saying? It, it changed. It changed us. It, it was like, we ain't ready for that. Y'all didn't yeah, put exactly. an like announcement 60. out or nothing. Y'all just threw it out there. Exactly. And then, but what's going to happen is they're going to be them games that you just want. Uh-huh. And, and then you're going to have no choice but to put the money out there, too. It's going to be things where we get used to because what's going to happen is the economy is going to change. Yeah. You know, when, when the games jumped to sixty dollars, I didn't have sixty dollars. Right. But then now I can't tell you how much you 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 have been to my house, how much stuff that I bought, and I'm sitting looking like that was sixty, that was sixty, that was 60. Right. oh I got that maybe pre-owned, but that was sixty. Like pre-owned games, that was going to be sixty dollars. I'm like that's the rest of regular price for right. a regular game. Yeah, I and, used to be the same way because I I usually bought pre-owned games. Now I'm buying games digitally, and that's just a flat sixty dollars. And, and, and for me, now that's to, now to me, if the game is going to be $70, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I, a lot of games that I buy come a lot of special editions. Right. Those are like, we get to special edition prices now. Right. So the way I look at it is I need something to clarify or show that where my money is. I, 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 something has to show for it. Right. In, in other words, if I'm going to pay $60, I want that Mamba edition. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I want to be on that show. You be like, damn, that's a cool ass Mamba edition that you got right there. And I'm like, okay, that's my that's where my seventy dollars went. And to me, it's like, and I got paid the same thing for it digitally. You know, and especially that different special editions stuff like because I'm a, I, I am a collector, not a hoarder, but a collector. Right. And there's certain things that I, I feel is just like, hey, it's worth going out and so to, to pay that price and get the extra thing. But God, I mean, seven dollars is going to be a hard thing because now for two games, that's a hundred and forty dollars. Yeah, especially if it's but, now what um, I feel like this. I know it's not going to happen. I personally feel like there should be a system in place where it should be like something like the RSVP or the RS. The rating system, I don't know what the company are, mm. uh, ERSB, something like that. I feel like there should be a system in place where they first look, people like, they time. check, like, the quality of the game or something like that. Yeah. They check, like, the, like, like, for example, Resident Evil 3. That was in no way a $60 game. Yeah, I wait till it was on sale for 1999. That, that, that was, I would say at best, that's a $30 game. Yeah. Because, it wasn't, it was, I would say six, not even six hours long, five hours long. Mm-hmm. Whereas Final Fantasy VII Remake, that was a $60 game where I got almost 80 hours plus in, you know. I need yeah. to know that my time will be valued if I'm spending this kind of money for it. That's where I, I I'm at. I That's where I'm at. I feel like there should be a system in place where, mm-hmm. uh, like, for example, like Lost Legacy. They knew that wasn't going to be a long game. They knew that was going to be like a 10-hour adventure and it's a side game. Uh, so they charged like half the price of half of the price of what uh, a standard game will cost. Uh, they're going to do the same thing with Spider-Man because that's not a, 
direct sequel. It's, it's a side game, so they're going to charge us less for it because it's just a side game. Where I feel like if you're putting a full game out and it's not up to the quality of what a full game purchase should be, you should hike down the price. Yeah, Street Fighter Five, exactly. Oh God, that that should have been ten dollars when that came out. When Street Fighter Five came out, I was, I, that should have been. A, there's no reason why I should have got more in Power Rangers for twenty dollars than I did Street Fighter that, that that was made by the greatest fighting game organization ever in Capcom and pay sixty dollars for it. Right now, now granted. Uh, all the other stuff I got with the t-shirt, the socks, the hat, and all stuff like that, and the poster. Yeah, and the statue. Yeah, yeah. I think. All that stuff was all that stuff was cool. You know, I, I just wish the game was. I, I don't even have my physical copy anymore. Mm-hmm. I have Street Fighter Five d- digitally now, and I have the, the Champion Edition uh, digital. But it's still, once again, if I had if I had got the Champion Edition with the hat, the socks, the poster, the t-shirt, and all that stuff like that, well, then definitely. I don't mind spending seventy dollars for that, right? Or even more, because you know I like the stuff that I get with it. It's a, it's it's, it's going to be a lot, and I mean, like at launch, if we plan on first of all, I need to know this: does the does the this version have digital anyway? Uh, for um, for any game or for it's like this. Okay, I heard that it was supposed to be backwards compatible, right? Yeah. Okay, so does that mean backwards compatible to disc or backwards compatible to uh, um, downloaded games? Now, I, I'm uh, not sure. I want to believe because I've heard I heard things about it, but I didn't hear them officially from um, PlayStation. I heard them say like, "Hey, we we are doing backwards compatibility," but like I'm not sure if the downloaded PS4 games that you have on your hard drive will transfer over to the PS5, but. The disc will. Okay. Well, so even with that being so said, just disc, as far as I know, the way I look at it is, if I buy the disc version of PS Five, right? Mm-hmm. Are they saying that I can't get digital games on that? No, you can. You can. It's just like the PS Four. Uh, you'll still have your hard drive and all that. You'll still have access to the PlayStation Store. Uh, so, 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 with that being said. Wouldn't it be a hands down to get the disc version in a digital? The disc version of a digital? I don't. No, no. Wouldn't it be a hands down steal to get the disc version of PS Five opposed to just the digital? I, uh, I personally, I get more use out of digital because this is a right away. It's it's easier for me to play games digitally than to swap discs. I mean, I do understand that, but then also, like, if it got a 4K Blu-ray player on there with all the 4Ks coming out, right? Because a lot of people are going to sell their PS4, and if people want to think about it or not, their PS4 is their Blu-ray player, right? Right. That's where I see, like, because I, I personally probably was, I was probably going to get regular Blu-rays anyway. Like, I don't see the difference in my TV from a 4K Blu-ray to a regular Blu-ray. I got you. I mean, it'll still play Blu-rays. But I'm saying, but it has that capability of playing the the 4K stuff now. But see, the only way I look at it is, you know, what's the harm of having the disc also just in case? Because right. I, I I have a I have a big fear that if this if this, this is going to be a one terabyte uh, machine mm-hmm. at, at launch, people with backwards compatibility, people got too much stuff that's not even people got. Problems down in PS4, they ain't got no space for just the one terabyte. I have a two terabyte. 
Okay. To, to the point where I'm trying to hold all my stuff on there because Red Dead takes up 100 gigs by itself. Right. Now, I I personally plan to keep my PS4 uh, when, the PS, when the PS5 comes out. But even if I was to trade my PS4 in, I'm not going to download all the games I have on my PS4 to my PS5. It will probably be select games that I know for a fact I'm going to continue playing. Something like uh, Overwatch or Dragon Ball Fighters or Spider-Man. There goes Mortal Kombat Injustice. I can just say bye bye to that. <laughs> so it's like it's like games I know for a fact that I'm going to be playing um, mm-hmm. on, on the system, and that's all I am with my digital content now. Like if I know for a fact I'm gonna be continuously playing these games, I keep them downloaded. Or if if I want to go back to a game, I can just easily download it, and it usually takes like 20 minutes for it to download. Okay. But no, I have no, I have no issue against, because uh, I knew you was going to get the disc version, right off the bat. I personally was looking at the, I was looking at the digital. Now it was also rumored prices going around saying the PS4 with the disc, I mean, I'm sorry, the PS5 with the disc is going to be four fifty, whereas the discless version is going to be three hundred. I mean, I'm sorry, not not uh three hundred, four hundred. I'm about to say, I'm say sir, Negro, yeah, that, that's, that, that's the price of a Switch. They, yeah. they not doing that. Yeah, so I'm more curious because of the memory. Personally, with that price, I don't think it's going to be one terabyte. Okay, I, I mean, it shouldn't I think, be. I don't think it's going to... It should be, but I don't think it's going to be one terabyte. I think it's going to be no, more. I it should be. It should be more. Oh, yeah, no, it should definitely be more, but I feel like it's, it's going to be less than one terabyte. And... It's going to be we're going to be back in that memory card era, where they're going to okay. get us to buy hard drives, external hard drives right. and stuff like that. Yeah, right. if that thing is anything less than one terabyte, you shouldn't buy it at launch because that <laughs> is inexcusable. Mm-hmm. Inexcusable. That is, that is inexcusable. There's no way a PS4 comes out of 500 gigs and then you got a PS5. You got all this Unreal Engine. You go talk about some. He go 500 gigs. No, a miles rise by take a take up 200 of that. Right. You know what they don't. They can figure out every way to nickel and dime. Because can. that's what Xbox 360, the first model, did. That drug came out four gigs. I'm like, are you serious? That same thing with the Switch. <laughs> I mean, the Wii U. Yeah, mm. The Wii U was like four gigs. The second model was like 32 gigs. I was like, come on. Oh, what, are y- <laughs> what are y'all doing? And no external hard, uh, no uh, expandable hard uh, memory for it either. So it, it was yeah. it was something. Something. Uh, but no, that uh, back onto the money. I feel like I, I'm actually okay with uh, games either uh, being seventy dollars because either the if the games are going to stay sixty dollars, that means the budget of games are going to get lower, and we're going to tell through the uh, through the gameplay, through the engine of it, through the loading times, through the graphics, through all that. So I'm actually okay with it. I'm okay with a higher price for more quality. I know you are. <laughs> oh, okay. That, I, I wasn't sure if you had a rebuttal for that or anything. No, I, 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 I don't. Because, look, once again, it, I'm a broken record. Y'all need to hear me say this shit again. <laughs> it, look, is it nice? Yeah, I come from an era where that wasn't needed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I, I, I've been enjoying... The way my burnout paradise or my Resident Evil Five graphics be looking on my Switch, that don't bother me. You know what I'm saying? I still play PS2 games and I think they look pretty good. I'm just like, you know, 
shit that bothers me is like PlayStation. Okay, like originally, like, like the whole diamond titties, like that shit bothers me. You know, or like when I when like with Mortal Kombat uh special forces and like Jack's got like a whole diamond chest. I'm like, oh, okay, gotcha. Oh, you lost me yeah. for a second. I was like, hold on. Like de- those kind of made of diamonds, yeah, right? That's what I was kind, like, uh. those kind of graphics bother me because. They, they were clearly trying to rip off N64, mm-hmm. and it ain't work. And those kind of and, and the camera angles on the PlayStation, all those bother me. When PS2 came out, PS2, PS3, PS4, you know what I'm saying? I love the graphics. Don't get me wrong. And they, I would like to see different things look what it looks like in these kinds of graphics. But if I don't get there, if the frame rate drops a little bit, I ain't a lot of frame rate does bother me. But you know, when certain things drop a little bit, you know. That doesn't necessarily bother me, but I do agree with you wholeheartedly. That's why I didn't say nothing. Right, yeah. If if the budget is going to get higher, then I think... Because I know for a fact, Final Fantasy VII alone, that I know that cost a lot of money to make. And I they deserve every 60... They deserve every penny of that $60 I spent for it. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like... I was, I was glad that I contributed to that so I could get another game of that quality in the future. So... I, I got you. Hopefully, uh, it won't be too bad. We'll pro- we're going to get used to it by the I'll say the fourth year. <laughs> oh, but by the time we get with PS six, yeah, we're going to be like, oh, seventy dollars ain't nothing. Then they're going to kike it up to eighty, and we're like, oh, all right, hold on. Yeah, no. Nah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a couple of generations since the price launched up. So this this was a this was an understandable uh, fate that we were facing. Yeah, you're right. This is an understandable fate that we're facing. Uh, and I feel like also with the if it wasn't for digital media, I feel like the prices of discs would have been more in the first place. Yeah. But uh yeah, that's my two cents on it. Uh so on the next topic, this is more of a serious note. Um there has been uh, at the time of this recording, it is well, it's not uh Thursday anymore. But Thursday morning, there was a spill of allegations coming from the Smash Bros. community um, with a lot of sexual uh, accusations and misconduct. Um, Right before I get to that, I also uh, found out a popular gamer, streamer, uh, Byron Rechtful Bernstein, has passed away at the age of 31. Um, it, was Jeez, what by, happened? it was confirmed by his ex-girlfriend. Now, I did hear a story about something about him proposing to his girlfriend and something of that nature. I don't know the full story. All I see is that he passed away. That's the first thing I've seen. It happened about an hour ago. From oh, God. So it's, uh, it's definitely pretty sad. See, I'm, I'm hoping it has nothing to do with the allegations. Like, when I hear stuff like that, because right now it's sad, but when I hear about young people dying, I only think of two things. Suicide and COVID. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, it's just, it's very heartbreaking. Yeah, it, um, I do not see any information on what what was the cause of it, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, but hopefully, it will, hopefully things will come back. Hopefully okay. things will come back. Um, but yes, after there was a several Smash Bros. Uh, gamers been accused of sexual conduct, um, including D One, which was a uh, Smash Bros. announcer, uh, Senpai, I believe she was just a streamer of Smash Bros. Uh, Kirito, 
he was a pro gamer and uh, Narito. I think Nario. I I cannot pronounce his name for the life of me, but um, he was also a um, professional Smash Bros. Um, contender, and they've all been uh, accused for sexual misconduct. The one, uh, honestly, all of them surprises me, but it's almost like levels of who surprised me more. The biggest shock to me was uh, Senpai, because one, it's already hard enough to be a gamer a female and African-American all wrapped up in this community. And also she was like a huge activist online. So she was, everything she put was like, a, like a black lives matter. Um, a, any movement you could think of, she was a part of. So now hearing that, like before that, her uh, name, I think her name on Twitter was uh senpai safe space or speak up. No senpai speak up. And now she changed her name to Try Your Best. And it's like, it kind of hurts. Her allegations was, uh, when she was 24, she was um, pretty much eluding sexual sexual, um, actions to a 14-year-old boy. And they already got her on video. She was in uh, pro competitions and the young man played. And they had her on video, you know, like pulling him around and, you know, touching him in a very inappropriate way on camera. So that one, that that's that was really shocking to me. Uh, D1 was also shocking to me because D1 was anytime I hear like smash competitively, I see his face. So that one hurts even more because he is also African-American. So it's. It, it, it hurts more when I see it from my community, but it, it just, that one sucks. Kirito was also African-American, and Nario, um, Nario was someone I watch, I watch his streams every now and then, and I see his gameplay. He was a really good player, but hearing what he did and all that, uh, Nario was the hardest one to accept, too, because when they first came out, he tried to throw um, the per- the victim under the bus saying no. no none of that was true he's lying and then in the background he tried to pay him off to say what? hey like chill out cut this out and now he's now they're saying he left twitter and mostly people are worried about him because they're try- they're hoping he didn't commit suicide or anything of that nature um from what i see his twitter is still open but no words have been said other than he he seriously apologized and that was 12 hours ago but i i my, my most uh the most important thing on me is i just hope he's okay so oh I, i'm sorry i didn't want to interrupt you oh no no yeah i'm just saying it, it's mostly hard to talk it's i don't want to say it's hard to talk about it's just hard to wrap my head around it that that was, this was the main reason why i was struggling like saying certain things in the podcast cuz it's 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 jaw dropping. It is, but I, I I want to do this. Okay, there is a certain percentage of people who listen to our podcast who are very well versed in the Smash Brothers community, as you are. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I have to talk about the biggest story which this caused from because it's like I can't feel for the people because I don't know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, I mean, all the allegations is wrong. You shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff. I just can't personally feel sorry 
or feel it's kind of like if I tell you the Velveteen Dream is do, is is a pedophile, right? Mm. You can't feel for him other than he's black. Just like I can't feel for these people like they're, they're black too because you want to ride for your people right. until you do them shit. But right now, looking at what's been going on for these allegations been coming out, it's like okay, you can get them people out of the tournaments and stuff that's going on. Smash was even being played on Evo this weekend anyway. Right. The biggest story that's going on right now and looking up looking up to it with live updates, Evo is still canceled. Right, yeah. Now, I know before we came on, you said it got put put back on. It's not. Yeah, it was back and forth from what I've seen. There ain't no back and forth because you know who else came out? Remember we talked about the triple threat in fighting games? Mm-hmm. Well, the third one just pulled out. Who was the third Bandai one? Namco oh, is out. Okay. Yeah, so they got nothing now. Capcom, NetherRealm Studios, and Bandai Namco have dropped out of Evo. Oh. What, that's what I'm saying. It's it, it, it was a big story. I, I, I don't want to sound disrespecting of what, you know, because you got to get that story out too. Evo has, this has never happened before. We knew that they, they said they're gonna probably cancel even because of the pandemic, but then they turned to an online thing from uh this weekend all the way into August second. Right. That was gonna be like a five weekend thing for Evo. And certain games are gonna be played. So then the president of uh of Evo, of the, you know, the whole organization, stuff like that, uh God, make sure I find. I'm gonna find his name right now, so I don't even say the wrong name. Uh, do you have the name in front of you, uh, Swag? Uh, the seat, the new CEO going for it? No. Or the Joey uh, Cooler, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he was. Uh, there's these accusations coming out of him sexually assaulting, uh, sexual assault against a minor. And. Uh, he is the guy in control of all this evil stuff. So he was put on temporary leave earlier. This all happened today. Temporary leave. And with, with that being said, uh, I really think it was a thing like we're going to see, we're going to look up into this case and see what's going on because evil starts tomorrow. Okay. Or or, or, or Saturday. What, what, yeah, it, it's going to start in the weekend. Then one like one of the biggest competitive fighters is like this. Once again, no shade to the people you were talking about. When people hear Sonic Fox, that's where they think esports or ninja. Mm-hmm. Go on for Fortnite. When so Sonic Fox came out and said, I'm dropping out. Not because they know I guess because he said I can't support that. And I feel you on that, bro. And I, I wanna, you know, I wanna give a spotlight to him. Because he was brave enough to do that, right? You know, Sonic Fox makes makes a lot of money from these tournaments because he wins them. Mm-hmm. But also, Sonic Fox people come to see Sonic Fox play the games. They, he he's an attraction now when it comes to Evo. Now, granted, I, I like once again that not even just I'm not that saying, huh? I'm saying not even just that to his communities as well. To his com- his communities because once again he is a homosexual and he's an African American. You know he's proud of and both. A furry. And a furry. So he's yeah. he's all over. 
So, so he is reaching out on every type of everything. But him being brave enough to come out and, and say that, that's the kind of guy I want to put a spotlight on because my wife doesn't know she doesn't watch the tournaments. Mm-hmm. Q-Flow watches some tournaments when he does. Everybody's not well vested in, in certain people. Like, once again, I mostly watch another of studios tournaments at some of Capcom's. Mm-hmm. But the name, the most popular name that goes around all the time when you hear tournaments, or you're not even just Evo, Combo Breaker, or whatever the case may be, Sonic Fox is on that list. So when you have your biggest star that brings a lot of attention to Evo and drops out, it's now become a problem. Mm -hmm. And then when you have the biggest company, uh, when it comes to fighting games, uh, well, one of the three biggest companies that come to fighting games drop out, such as NetherRealm Studios, which y'all didn't even invite the first place, drop out, and then Capcom says, no, nah, bro, we with you. We drop out. You have number one and number two, or number one, number one, and then you have Bandai come over like, oh, we, we, I'm the triple threat. We dropping out too? There is no tournament. The fact that there Capcom dropped out, like... like- For- Catcom is here, bro. <laughs> exactly. Nellerum ain't shocked me because they didn't get invited in the first place. Yeah. Okay. Nellerum doesn't really need them. They don't. And I'm like, they didn't get invited in the first place. So they, they, they're like, kind of like, fuck it. Capcom is the one that, that, that shocked me because, like you said, Cat Evo is Capcom is Evo. Right. That's the most. Street Fighter been main event for years. And it, it, you be sitting there wondering to yourself, like, how? But it, right. it it has it gets the it gets the biggest limelight on on everything that there is when it comes to these tournaments. It's always Capcom, 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 Capcom. When they pulled out, I said, "This is this is getting very, very serious." And then, once again, when it comes to Bandai Namco, also that gets very, very serious as well. And there, there's something to play if they're all out. Right. Like I said, there was no Smash Bros. to begin with because the net code is so bad. Mm-hmm. So when Bandai Namco goes out, there goes your Dragon Ball Fighters. Capcom goes out, there goes your Street Fighter. When Mortal Kombat goes, there goes your Mortal Kombat. I don't know what what production Skull Girls plays, but nobody's watching the whole five weekends of Skull Girls. Yeah. And then uh, Killer Instinct is not part of that that Midway umbrella anymore, so they do their own thing. Yeah. But once again, Killer I'm pretty Instinct sure you got out already. What you say? Killer Instinct dropped out. There's nothing to play. Yeah, I heard that straight and, from Max. He yeah, so and after all this stuff came out, they fired Joey Cooler as they should. Like, as, as they should. They should have been there. At though. first, they said they're going under investigation. I'm like, it's you can't really go on investigation when it's already out there, like even with the evidence and all that. Yeah, and I mean, there was There's just nothing to investigate. It's there. So what? I, I don't know. So what happened? I mean, I know he was accused of um, inappropriate uh, conduct with a minor, but what did he do exactly? Like, was it like he was messaging these kids or sexting them, or he had actually like assaulted a child? I mean, not that any of it makes a difference. I'm just, I'm just trying to catch up on the story. Well, if I can. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I, let me rephrase it. Not that he's any less of a pedophile for any of those things. I'm just yeah. trying to figure out what the story is. Go ahead. No, I I completely understand that because I'm actually uh, making sure I get it now because uh, they um oh they, 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 okay so I don't know exactly what because I don't even want to know what 
he 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 did you know with those mm-hmm. kids and that like that. But he did put out a, he did put out a statement uh, recently. Wait, hold on, see. I'm going to make sure because I want to make sure I pull up the right thing. I mean, I can just move this up. I don't want to slow down the podcast. Uh, so this this is the tweet he, that, that that Joey put out. So he said, "I'm sorry, I never meant to hurt anyone." What? I was young and reckless and did things I'm not proud of. I have been growing and maturing over the past 20 years, but that doesn't ex- excuse anything. All I have been trying to do is become a better person. Once again, I'm truly sorry. The man just came out and said, I fucked up. Oh. That, that's, okay, what all, that's what all the people have been saying after, after they just been putting it out there. Like After that, what can you really say? I mean, some people, um, some people deny it and be like, oh, I didn't do it. So he just straight up came out and said, uh, yeah, I, I, I basically said I did it. Yeah. That's disgusting. And once again, that whole young and reckless shit, I, I, I just, I just, I don't want to say I can't use that as a excuse because everybody when you're, when you're young you do something stupid. No, but, that's, but, boys, but that's that boys will be boys mentality, which I don't subscribe to. If you if you properly raise your children, you won't have these issues. Boys will be boys is we threw mud at each other on the playground when we was five and six. Yeah, not they, I raped a girl or I assaulted a young child. No, that's not no. Yeah, exactly. Because no boys will be boys like that. If, if, if you get mad because you know a girl hit you, you, you so dumb you don't understand that she likes you. That's a boy will be a boy thing, right? But uh, doing stuff to, to the kids, I don't even care what he did. I don't care if it's if some he did something physically, emotionally, mentally. Take a picture of Nate, Nate, It doesn't matter. You know, I was just trying yeah. to figure out what happened because I okay, so this is from hours ago, so I don't know how when this was updated. But it says he was placed on administrative leave pending a third-party investigation. Oh, he's fired now. Uh, well, obviously. Yeah. So Twitter user and gamer competi- com- competition <laughs> competitor Mikey, who goes but I can't read his handle, uh, shared his experience in a lengthy post on TweetLonger, which allows for more than 280 characters Thursday morning. He identified Cooler, whom he met after visiting the Southern Hills Golfland Arcade around 1992 by his gaming tag, Mr. Wizard. Mikey wrote that Mr. Wizard would pay people hundreds of tokens to do things like take off their clothes and jump in the water hazard pools for certain amounts of time. 99% of the time, it was young boys. Another accusation concerned Mr. Wizard making a bet about the size of his genitalia. Oh. Oh, I'm going to keep my comments after the podcast. I'm sorry. Mikey wrote that he was 17 at the time and that the incidents involving Mr. Wizard did not leave any weird, any kind of weird trauma or anything, though they did influence him. But this is what happened to me nearly 19 years ago. I recognize how stupid I was in the situation for not realizing it, even though I was able to recognize how it's not my fault for not being able to recognize it. So then Evo puts out a statement that they're aware of the accusations, and then I guess he must, in the, the midst of this story that I just read, then they, he, they fired him and he put out that statement. Uh sir, what? How is that young and stupid? That you're just disgusting. That's terrible. That that uh. that that is that is really terrible. It we 
in one month, one month, we have really figured out people's true colors. Mm -hmm. From racism to sexism to pedophilia, all this kind of stuff, we have really found out people's true colors. In it's amazing in one month. Now, once again, like I, I would swear. Hey, first of all, he uh, now swear you may know this person. Do you know a person named uh, Cyril Blast? Cyril Blast, no. Okay, because she put up a tweet because she was she said some wild shit, and. It's funny that Mr. Wiz, I'm gonna call him, you know, his name, tweeted her back, telling her that she is no longer welcome to evil events for the foreseeable future. Sir. And I'm just like, yeah. so she tweeted the the, the the tweet exchange. She's like, how ironic. Isn't that some that's shit? Something you just put up like this age as well, but, yeah. and I don't want to write off the other uh, folks he was talking about in the Super Smash Brothers community because apparently. They were accused of commit actually committing statutory rape. Yeah, I yeah. was hearing a lot about that. I didn't know enough research to bring that up, but I have been hearing a lot of that. Um, I've it like I said, I, I don't want to take away from that neither. I just wanted to start because this all came from something. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And it's like, like the biggest thing right now is Evo going down because it's like there are people that be listening. Like, you can just take them out the tournament. Be honest with you, right? And, and, and keep the shit moving. And I'm like. No, I want to let y'all know first that there is no tournament. Right. This whole thing got shut down as it should be. And it, it's very disgusting because, you know, now it's hitting everywhere. And when I mean hit, hitting everywhere, when you hear racist stuff, mm-hmm. when you hear about something that, and look, I come from a geek gaming culture, nerd culture. It That, that, that don't hit home. You know, so you don't, it's like, well, that's out there shit. Same thing with, you know, all this, this stuff going on with, with speaking out with these women and this abuse and stuff like that. That's out there. This shit hit everywhere. And this shit hit here. People, I want y'all to understand, just because no matter what culture you put yourself in, there are trash people everywhere. Yeah. There are trash people everywhere that really don't give a fuck about your well-being. Okay, and just because and it, it, it sucks because first of all, it hit me in the wrestling community. I'm just like, oh my god, you know, what I'm saying and now it's in, in, in this geeky gaming community where there are a lot of people out here who don't even know how to handle this shit right now because this this is something I did daughter that, that they never welcomed them before. Yeah, I've I've read people comments on Twitter like you know, and they're heartbroken. I mean, and, I get it because people do this to escape. So yeah, exactly. This is this is this is isn't an, an escape culture from what's going on in the real world. But when the real world comes knocking at your door and then you don't answer and it busts your door down, you don't even know how to respond to that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it, it it makes you feel comfortable. But this is the case. But there was nothing else Evo could do but shut this shit down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. What are you going to do at this point? And once again, when when you lost all your attractions. Like I said, it was just uh, falling off the ledge. Like, I didn't even know about Killer Instinct dropping out until Swaggers told me. But everything is just falling off the ledge, falling off, falling off, falling off to the point it's like, look, damn, ain't nothing more we can do. We we have, we, we, we got to shut this shit down. Because who going to watch? Mm-hmm. You, got, you got people that's going to probably just tune in, but I'm just like, but if you ain't got your big people that, like, once again. Who cares about watching the small games that you're not really here to see anyway? If exactly. You don't see the players you want to see or the games you want to see. 
it's it's it's, it's very heartbreaking. And I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk the swag off uh, the podcast, and I, I'm going to talk about things that we can do. Because once again, we talked about platform, mm-hmm. and we talked about status. And same thing when we did the whole uh, George Floyd uh, stream. Which, by the way, swag, I thank you so much. Yeah, shout out to Swag for the streams. Is he still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I, I, I'm still processing everything. It's just, I, I do appreciate it. Everything is just like, yeah, I, it's, I mean, it's, it's I, an avalanche I, right now. My bad. I do apologize. But like I said, I have been very happy with Swag on his level of activism and stuff and using the platform that he has to help make a difference. And I'm going to talk to him about different ways that because right now, to be honest with you, why do I even want to honor this this thing that this guy was in control of when he does shit like this? That changes my whole plans for the next five weeks. That, yeah, that because we we already you know what I'm saying? We, we was getting set for our pregame stuff. Exactly, because we love him. Well, I ain't yeah, gonna lie to you. We lo- and now I'm looking at fighting games. I I just can't look at it the same now. And it's, it, it's not it's not it's not um. It's not like the fighting game's fault. It's just the community and what they've done. Yes, this is and, the whole FGC and, community that's in there, and it's, it's looking like this is this is some unbelievable shit. What really gets me is like it's people that you just watch, and a lot of people watch these streamers, and it's like, oh, I watch Ninja, so I I know him well. He would never do that. You do not know these people. At you all, don't at all, and it it mostly hurts because. Like, uh, I'm not sure if Zero officially got an allegation against him, but I did see, I did hear certain things about him happening. And I watch him almost, like, he puts a video up every day, and I just sometimes just watch his videos because he has a lot of Smash Bros. insight that I just like hearing him talk about. I may not be good at the game, but I just like hearing someone talk about it and just showing his passion about it. And just, it's like, I can't look at his channel the same. If... If what it is, what if what is true is true, I can't look at that the same. It is because it's like, I I can't put my energy and support, and it hurts. Yeah, so it's, it's hard. It's hard to when you love your heroes, you love people that you like that inspire you to do certain things. It 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 truly hurts to the point where first of all, I was already y'all already knew I was already mad at Evo for the disrespect they gave to the people who come from another studios. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just like I don't. Like the way they did, they disrespect them like that when they're being, you know, a top gaming uh, community and selling wise, and, and that helps make some of your most money. But that's either, you know, neither here or there. So, and being so I have to talk about maybe they was too local. Well, you know, Ed Boom be vocal. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Think about it. If you're doing dirt, why would you want to get into getting, bring somebody into the fold who, who's not with you, not with the shit? You're right. The other, the other one was the first one to pull out. They said, <laughs> all right. Bye. They said we only talk if about you violence. Think you're lonely now. <laughs> Wait until tonight. You're a fool. Oh my god, it's, it's uh, heartbreaking. It, it's, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you hit it right on the head. It, it's heartbreaking. It's it's heartbreaking. And once again, I said about 2020. This ain't going to be the first time we hear about this shit. No, it ain't. And I'm scared to hear from other. Like, like, who is it? Uh, Leffen. I'm not sure if you know him. Uh, I heard of him. Yes, Leffen. He's considered the God Killer. He beat all the, 
the best players in Smash in one tournament. Yeah. And I watched a video with him earlier, and he said he was saying in this video he said uh, there was a time that he got assaulted, like not sexually assaulted, just assaulted. Like someone, like someone was much bigger than him. He got assaulted. No one was around to like help him out. And he said from that day on, I vowed to like help anybody that I see in danger or anything like that. And he's gone to the point where he's like, I've admit I've gone to like parties and. I never thought once, like, I should check this person's ID because I'm not sure. And it's mm. almost like, it's <clears throat> almost second nature not to do it that he didn't even consider watching his own back just in case. To the point where he's like, I don't even know if I did or anything. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's also worrying because sometimes you just don't know. You, 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 With you some really people, don't know they don't and, and, know, you, like, you can't even put that stress on you for even not knowing. Right, exactly, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So it's, it's definitely... No, no, I'm talking about if, if it's like, if somebody, if you don't know the person is a, you know... Yeah, if you don't person. know that person's of age. No, 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 no I'm talking about, I'm not talking about like that. Oh. No, I'm See, talking about... I was like, okay. No, I'm talking about if you don't know, like, if I don't know that a friend of mine is a predator, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean and, like for not checking people yeah, if you don't know. Exactly, like okay. your background right, checks. Yeah. And then I'm in the vicinity where I could stop them, but I didn't because I didn't know that you can't live with that you guilt. Can't, yeah, you can't. Yeah. Put your, you can't yeah. put that on yourself. I was confused for a okay. second. I was, no, 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 for no, no, a minute, no. I was about to let y'all finish and then just go off. But then... <laughs> no, that's what I'm talking. I'm not talking uh, about to the point where oh, I didn't know he was a minor type. Thing. No, that, that's oh, inexcusable. Well, I that, I'm not talking about that. Okay, right. All right. Yeah, Thank you. That, that, yeah, yeah, that's what. I was very lost in the moment. I, my bad. The room my started bad. spinning like Mr. Krabs. Like what? <laughs> Sorry. Yes. No, I I completely understand that because if you it it is really it really hurts when you are so when you're close to people and you don't know that they trash. Right. And then you find out that they are and you're like, Jesus, maybe I could have stopped something that happened. But how, you know, because a lot of people like this are narcissists and they pull the wool over your eyes and make you think that they're completely normal people. Internet. And then it's mm-hmm. like people if once they know people start associating you with them and then it that's a lot of pressure already. Mm-hmm. So I know he had a long like thirty minute video talking about that. Where it, he was like, Look, this is raw, unedited, un non monetized, I'm just gonna talk. And like his And that's the important thing because I see way too many people making videos off of other people's pain and trauma and then they might and then in the middle of it it's a it's an ad. Sir, are you making money off of this? Right. Like don't do that. Don't 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 do that. It's like it it's definitely like Yeah. Uh July hit hard. <laughs> Listen, we just came in this joint. July, it's the third. July hit hard. <laughs> Didn't we have this conversation, July? You wasn't supposed to come in here acting a fool, and now look at you. To break the tension, if you asked me if this was going to happen in July, I would have said Julian. Oh, my God. I mean, listen, I seen a video yesterday of a Hulk. <laughs> did did you just over. finally get <laughs> No, no, I refuse the last. I, I don't know if it was a courtesy no, last. I, just heard, I heard yeah. A&E just in the background like, oh. <laughs> ridiculous. I seen a hawk flying off with a large fish. I don't know if it was a dolphin or a shark or whatever. So I was like, oh, this month, this is what we're doing this month. Okay. <laughs> 
What? Like what? It must be Friday. Shut up. It's yeah. It's wow. It's nothing to wow. Yeah, it's wow. I um, I'm speechless. Raw. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I really, I really don't know what to say after this. It's I mean, all right, but don't worry. That's why I will take over because I have a movie experience this week. What? Okay. All right, yeah. Let, let, let's palate let, cleanse this palate. All right, no problem. So, people, I know you know it, it's just been a little stressful, but welcome back to the movie experience. I'm still your host, Mr. A and D, and this week I have two movie experiences. One you're going to get a little bit later because it hasn't come out yet. Cause I'm definitely going to do ham. Actually, it may be out at midnight. Allegedly. You know? Allegedly. I'll be scared because Netflix be lying. Well, it ain't on Netflix. I'm sorry. <laughs> Disney You're Plus. Right. It's on Netflix. <laughs> you know about Disney Plus track record. Uh, I'm just so used to saying Netflix. That's my bad. This, but the, the thing I am reviewing is on Netflix, and it is the new reboot of the classic series from, that was started in 1987, Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, I can talk about this. I watched yes. it. So, Unsolved Mysteries is one season. <laughs> Of six new cases. Well, they're not necessarily new. They, they've been outside for a while, but now we're actually getting back. They haven't been on the show in a while. So for, the way you phrase it, I'm sorry. So for anybody who remembers Unsolved Mysteries, Robert Sack was the main host. He definitely and was. from 1987 to 2002, Robert Sack was the guy that was behind Unsolved Mysteries. He made it creepy. He made it scary to the point. And this, these are all true stories. These weren't made up stuff. You know, to be fabricated for that. It was talking about true stuff because they wanted you to help solve a mystery. And that's what it was. And this thing has been on for that. And I remember watching this thing faithfully with my grandmother. This is probably why she was so scared. God rest her soul. So, mm-hmm. but I used to be, we used to watch Unsolved Mysteries all the time. And then, uh, they stopped. Robert Sack unfortunately passed away in 2003. They rebooted again in 2008 with Dennis Ferreira on Spike TV. And they, 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 it was on Spike? It was on Spike. I never yeah. watched it when it was on TV. And it was like, they, they, they tried to spice up a little bit and talk about stuff. We're in the control center right now waiting for your call to help solve this mystery. I was like, okay, slow down. Just so, like yeah, Watchtower. The, back, the background. Yeah. Like, I was like, we don't need all this background. With these empty desks, with them pretending to push buttons. I'm about to say, like, come on, get smart. We, we, it was uh, a lot. Like, now we have, um, I don't know, random person number three yeah. that's going to give us an update on this story with the with the fake headset yeah, on. Exactly. Like, you are killing me. Right it, now. Yeah, it was it, it was not that good, and then they only lasted for two years, and then uh, unfortunately, Dennis Ferrer passed away also. So, the Netflix said we ain't gonna get no hosts because we want nobody else passing away. So, <laughs> uh. I'm going to give you guys the good, I'm going to give you guys the bad, and I'm going to give you what stories are my favorite. Uh, I mean, or the, I guess the best to check out. I, I the best to the check one out. That's soft. I, I'm about to say, you know what? That, that <laughs> you was, you were phrasing today. Like, I know. Really? It's, 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 it's all right. So, <laughs> the good is that uh, some episodes are about 50 minutes to 45 minutes, or 45 to 50 minutes long to help stretch out the whole story. And it's it's more of a documentary style type thing because the producer from Stranger Things is on this project also. Mm-hmm. They still keep the same kind the same theme music and they, they slow down a little bit and they have a little tribute to Robert Sack in the in the in the title card when it comes up. And I like that right now we start off with six stories. Okay. Now usually in an old Unsolved Mystery show they had four stories per one episode. One episode was an hour. So each story adds about fifteen, maybe twenty minutes. Yeah. Okay. It's twenty minutes long. So 
this one is all about one story, one episode to flush some things out. So I, I, I thought, I thought uh, that was pretty cool. Each story really has an intriguing, you know, thing to it. And to the point where I was just like, man, this is a, this is like really deep. And I, uh, it, it captivated me. It, it drew me right in. If you're a fan of the old one, you're going to be drawn in to this one. What are some of the things you liked about it first? Um, uh, I will say I like the, I like the way it was shot. Like the cin, like the cinematics of it. Yeah, it looked much more updated. Um, I appreciate that some of the stories got more time because they needed more time. Yeah. Um. And it, I don't know. I feel like is a the other thing is it's a double edged sword, but I like that it was kind of updated to modern times, and it get, it gives me the feeling of um, other true crime shows that you see now. Because yeah. true crime is a big is big business right now. There are whole networks devoted just to crime shows. So yes. I get it. Um I mean I think that's pretty much it. Now, Sway, are you you never been a fan of Unsolved Mysteries, correct? You never saw it. I have not, no. Okay. Oh, Jesus. I well, well, I I can figure it how's it grow up and he wouldn't have seen that. I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but how, have y'all met I my mean, parents? <laughs> I mean, I'm saying, but I would recommend giving it a watch. I'm interested. Yeah, the old, old, old episodes on YouTube, uh, especially to get the iconic theme music. That's that season ten through thirteen. Uh-huh. So, let's put that in. Put you that. The, you talking about the original? Yeah. I know that's what I'm talking about. But uh, some of the things I didn't like about this new series yeah, is about it. is one that it Unsolved Mysteries benefits from a host. Mm-hmm. Now I understand a lot of things want to go hostless or leaderless these days. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, but this show is not a regular true crime show mm-hmm. because the purpose of unsolved mysteries they're solving mysteries that are not just unsolved or cold cases that also unexplained events that's happening. So swag, when you watch unsolved mysteries, you can get anywhere from a unsolved murder mm-hmm. to a missing person to somebody trying to find their long lost family member yeah. to ghost to aliens, to buried treasure, to unexplained phenomenons, to even God himself. That's the point of Unsolved Mysteries. It's all an abundance of things mm-hmm. to it. And the, the, the good thing about Robert Sack back in the day when it comes to narrating is he helped fill in the blanks of what the viewer is clearly asking themselves when they watch <laughs> Okay. Yeah, <laughs> the story. And they had reenactments back then because this well, one was not as heavy on the reenactments. Well, they they did have reenactments uh, in this one. I feel like it wasn't it wasn't as much. No, no. Okay, well, the one it, it, this whole happens. The ones that show, you saw the, the the final two didn't have it. There was good reenactments in the in the first one, mm-hmm. uh, and then they had some reenactments in in in, in thirteen minutes, and then some in. in, in no ride home. So they they and, and uh, House of Terror. So they had reenactments, mm-hmm. but I understood that they, they want to get they, they want to get the people that's affected to yeah, speak to speak actual, out. Actual yeah. Victims. But even when me and my mom was watching it, she the question she was asking, I'm like, if Robert Sack was here, he would have answered that for you. That's but see, even yeah. with new true crime stuff like true crime shows, I watch like Snapped. Yeah. And um, Fatal Attraction and stuff like that. There's usually a narrator. That in the background that tells you what's going on and fills yeah. in the blanks of mm. what has what happened in between time. 
Yeah. But and also Robert Sack narrating it, because uh, it could you could show that he's missed, gave it that creepy feel because you could be watching the story, right, Sway? And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden he's coming out from the back of an alleyway talking about some so what do you think happened? And you're like, bro, and he had to smoke talk about stuff, and he would kind of like reintroduce the case to you and ask you questions that you that and that you would ask yourself, and then answer the questions that that you want to ask the uh, the episode. It, it we was, don't get that here. It was an interactive uh, mystery show. It, it really was. Uh, yeah. It really was because you know, say because I, I remember I'll be sitting there watching Unsolved Mysteries and I'll be like, wait a minute, how in the world did he leave his house and then get hit by a car that probably said come out of nowhere? He was a sleepwalker. Like, you, he heard me? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, you be on wow. point, bro. <laughs> Rob be on point. That's what I'm talking about. See, so, also, uh, I don't. Uh, the one thing, one of the things that I didn't particularly like, and I don't want to take away from anybody's story, some of these stories didn't need a full hour. Some didn't. I would agree with that. Some stories we could have put two of them in the same in one episode, and it would we wouldn't we would have got the same amount of information. Actually, to, 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 to piggyback what you said, in my personal opinion, only two stories needed that full hour. That was the mystery on the rooftop story, mm-hmm. and the. Missing witness story. Okay. Everything else, the 13 minutes, House of Terror, No Ride Home, and the, the uh, Burkersville UFO could have all been one episode. I don't know if it could have been one episode. I I would even... It's with, four stories. But I would even go with two stories per episode. Okay, yeah. Just so they each can have around 20 to 30 minutes apiece to tell the story mm. um, about what happened and still, you know... And, mm-hmm. and bring everybody in because it's like I watched it because I like Unsolved Mysteries but a lot of the stuff it was just like we didn't need we did not we didn't need this yeah. whole 40-50 minutes like, here like I, I would say House of Terror to me was my least favorite episode because that episode is a straight drag for me it's like that's the one in French and, and that's the one that takes place in France and everything and they, they're talking all in French yeah. I'm just like this needed Robert Sack as the host for, for this. And number two, if they were to start off with this episode, I would never be able to get Sway to watch it. <laughs> that, that episode was a 46-minute drag to the point where it's like, bro, we knew what happened in the first 10 minutes. You dragged this out for another 35 minutes. It didn't need to be there. So, look, I want to talk about it because this is a spoiler for that episode. Yeah. Because you may, some folks here may not want to watch it, not personally on this podcast, Spoiler, go ahead. Um, may not want to watch it because it's mostly in French. The uh, story takes place over in France, and they there is this family with this the mom and dad. The mom had a baby with somebody else who I guess left her, and then so the dad married her, and they had a bunch of other kids. So it was like this nice story. They're a nice family, and one of the guys actually said the dad was courageous. For marrying this unwed mother, which was unheard of at the time, and I was just like, "All right, y'all." So they go and they, you know, had this whole house, and they're living this life where they're like, um, I guess you would say they're upper middle class. It's kind of how they they played it. So the dad killed everybody, straight up and down like that, and buried them under the the garden or the terrace. 
like the porch of their house. And they find the bones. And no, they find the bodies. They find the sorry, the bodies. <clears throat> Excuse me. Find the bodies. Who's missing? The dad. They was like, well, we guess the dad did it. And I was just like, okay, so what else are we doing here? So it takes us another 20 minutes to get to the very next step in the story where they track his credit cards and he then went and walked off into the mountains with the rifle that he killed the family with. And they think he committed suicide, but they never found a body. And I was just like, why Why did it take us another 20 minutes to get here? <laughs> like, we took the scenic route to the end of the story. Yeah, we did. It was kind of like driving like Cufa. Yeah, we all over the place. Like, there is the point. There's the bush. Let's find it. They you was know, beating so, around that motherfucker. I was, was just like, y'all, listen, I want to hear the story. And I want to know, like, and I'm sure p- other people are like, all right, well, if we know anything, we'll contact. Because that's another thing. A lot of times what would happen with Unsolved Mysteries is these stories would air and people would get caught or get found because somebody watched it and was like, I know that guy, my neighbor, he's a murderer. Yeah. They called a cop. But I just, I enjoyed the update of it. um, But some of the parts of it, I missed from the original. I agree. Now, the parts where... The, the episodes that most intrigued me to, to to the point where I don't think you need to go watch the whole season if you don't want to. It's only six episodes. Yeah. So you can really get it done in not even a whole day, just uh, like a morning. Yeah. You can wake up at seven in the morning and be like, you know what? Let's watch the side missions and be done at twelve. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so it's like but the ones that, that that to me that were really good, and I would love to see Rob Sack on them, but they were really good was the mystery on the rooftop, mm-hmm. no ride home, and missing witness. To me, are my favorite ones. Is Missy Witness the one about the, the, the daughter? And Gary, yeah. Okay. I think those were those are the ones the most intriguing. However, I, I understand this is the first season, but there wasn't enough of variety to me. Yeah, I mean, the old episodes, you'd get everything. It'd be like, yeah. lost, it'd be like, we found, I met this guy when I was fighting in Vietnam and I never saw him again. And then, okay, and then there's somebody who died. And then there's a, a UFO site, all in one episode. All in one episode. And you sit and thinking like, man, this is, this is some crazy shit that's going on. <laughs> this, this season all focused on some kind of murder, except for one episode. Mm-hmm. One episode was the one what about the, the UFOs. And I mean, it was an intriguing story. I, I like the story, yeah. but out of watching someone who watched Unsolved Mysteries, I have heard so many different, and I don't want to say better UFO stories because you don't want to, somebody's experiences. It's not like, well, you know, you got abducted better from them aliens than I did. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, yeah, but it, there was other UFO and alien stories that intrigued me more, and it was more frightening than this one was. This one was very involved, though. I will it was very involved, though. I had never, I've never heard this much detail from multiple people um, of such a UFO, like an involved UFO abduction. Mm-hmm. So, I will say, I don't want to trivialize anybody's story. If you want to watch it, watch it. You might know some, like you might know something about one of these cases, from exactly, and that could help solve them. Mm-hmm. Um, that somebody else, you know, wasn't isn't willing to come forward with. That's the whole point of the show. So, for that part, for that part of it, cool. I just 
I I hope in the second season they have a more uh, vast array of stories. Mm-hmm. I agree, but yeah, the, the mystery on the rooftop, no right up, uh, it no right home, and missing witness. I think are the three strongest stories. That missing witness one was nuts. Yeah, it, it really was nuts. I was like, whoa, that's deep. And it was a good way to end it, and it was a good way to start it. They had a good start and a good ender, and it, like I said, Nora, Nora Home was right, was right there in the middle. I think those were the, the, the three most intriguing stories to me mm-hmm. that I would recommend people go out there while I'm so I'm not going to spoil them or anything like, of that nature. I just wanted uh, the, the French one. I, I, I had to get that one, that one out of the way. Yeah, that, that was called House of Terror. 13 minutes was like, uh, okay. It, I, I mean, it didn't need to be as long because the case wasn't that long. Which yeah, one that? that's that's the one you know the, the, the lady goes missing. She has that possessive husband. Okay. Yeah, okay. and she was missing for six hundred days. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then the UFO. So I recommend that. So if I give it my final grade, I will give this new reboot to Unsolved Mysteries. I just a hashtag. Give it a chance. Yeah, I would say a low B. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm, actually, I'm giving. I'm it giving lower than. I'm giving like a C. I'm giving. You know, I I giving a little more grace. I guess you would call it because I'm a true crime fan. Yeah. Um. Like I watch a lot of true crime shows, rather. I, I don't agree. Want to say a fan, that's that sounds that sounds sadistic, but you know. It is, but I, like I said, I I've watched hell of unsolved mysteries. Mm-hmm. So once again, I know when I did. There, there were times I would binge watch unsolved mysteries, but they have a marathon on Lifetime. It was that yeah, Lifetime that murder she wrote yeah. in the heat of the night. That was the grandma, uh, the it, grandma's house. Exactly. So you you watching that, and I'm like, yeah, this thing. It, I, I want to see a season two. I want to see more stories. I want to see a more variety of stories. They might as well keep it the way it is because if somebody gets a host, it's like, no. Like, they don't have that same creepy factor that Robert Sack had. It's definitely, I guarantee it'd be better than the Florida Lava host. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that now, now if you want to get somebody like Jeff Goldblum to narrate it, hey, I ain't mad at that. Hey, you know what I'll take that. I give it a hashtag, give it a chance. So, uh, if you guys are inside for the fourth, which you're probably you're probably grilling, but you know, stay safe, wear your mask, stay off the beach, and stop and, and stop spreading this stuff to everybody. As we we, we were almost Please. there, we were almost there, and then all of a sudden it's, it's spiking right back up. So we got another three months to deal with this shit. So lovely. Please, please wear, wear your mask. Please just stay safe. If you, if, fine, if you don't want to wear, it, stay at home or stay for your stay your people. Honestly, here, here's the. Here's the the uh the front mm. back of it. Ain't, ain't, ain't no way to, to sugarcoat this shit no more. If you don't want to stay safe, you're not gonna stay safe. If we telling you to say us telling you to do it is not gonna make it no different. Just know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. All right. Yeah. And on that note, uh like, subscribe, and share. <laughs> and this is NC Place to Be. Tell Hoy Mr. and I'll see you at the movies. All oh, right. Um, <laughs> Did he hang up? No, no, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, yeah, again, I'm still speechless about everything that's going on. But um, watch the mustache. It'll be up. It'll take your mind off. Trust me. Wow. Uh, on the bright side, Spider-Man: Far From Home was released one year ago today. Really? Damn. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> uh, but what yeah. a difference that you makes. I know. <laughs> this is a long year. It, <laughs> that was a long I'm about to say, it, it, it definitely was on a Tuesday when that joke came out. Yep. I remember that. 
All right. Oh, yeah, it came out 4th of July weekend. Yeah, 4th of July weekend. Well, thank you guys for joining the podcast. Um, Lady Sketch, where can we find you? Uh, don't. No, I'm joking. Uh, you can find me on Turntables, uh, Hip Hop <laughs> Culture, and Beyond. Um, we're hoping to come back from hiatus shortly, uh, but I appreciate you guys listening. You know, I thought you was going to say something else. <laughs> where can we find you? Don't. I'm staying inside like you should. I like that. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I already told y'all on the movie experience. I, I, I know. You already cursed everyone out. I was like, well, then. Uh, Miss A&E, where can we find you? Uh, you guys can find me hosting the No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling Podcast and co-hosting the Nerdgasm Talk Podcast as well. Next week, I was thinking about doing this because I did it last year. I think I should still do it this year. Is do my top five to ten movies of 2020. Hey, so far? So far. I, yeah, I, I, know, I, know, I, I know what Swag about to say. What have we seen? But I have a Swag seen about a good amount of movies. He's just not thinking right now. I'm trying. So, to, I'm really trying to think. Bad Boys 3 and it's like Bam. It's just been a lot happening. I, 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 I mean, we had a whole top of the year. I mean, he's he seen Sonic. He's seen Cody. He's seen Extraction. Yeah, he's Sonic seen was this year. I, I was going to put Extraction in my best. Yes, yeah, but I, you wasn't going to put it on the list. Period. I just, I'm just letting you know what you've seen. But yeah, <laughs> but um, Extraction. But yeah, so I'm just saying. So I'm thinking about bringing that next week, and then uh, me and Swag are going to discuss what we're going to do for the weekends, uh, up and coming weekends, and. uh you also can find me on Inst- uh, Inst- well, us on Twitter and Instagram at NC no- uh, pl- place number two B. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the struggle is so real with the Twitter handle. And uh, if you want to watch something, watch uh, the Last of Us two stream. Um, that's all on Level Up. Since I got a free week of not editing certain tournaments, I will be recording more uh, discussion <laughs> videos. Um, but yeah, um, keep your hands to yourself, people. Keep your hands to yourself. Don't just don't be trash. Yeah, How about just, that? Just, just be. What, what did uh, what's his name? Juicy Lover said, "Be awesome to each other" or something like that. Yeah. Learn, learn to be awesome to each other, please. It will make the world spin much easier than it is right now. Until then, Q Flow, take us out. We're bringing nerdgasm to your ears, welcome to the show We don't need any gimmicks, you already know So sit back, relax, and hit the like button Go and share with your friends and keep the likes coming Swag on trivia and prompts top five Either way, it's fun and you're hearing it live. Join with your host, Mr. A and E. Yeah, you know it's the place to be. It's in C. At Kroger, we work with local farms right in our own backyard to bring you food that's fresher than fresh. From homegrown watermelon that makes your mouth water to crisp corn picked right around the corner. Come pick out some yourself because shopping for local produce should be as easy as shopping at your local Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at Kroger.com boost.